0: we do a great job of, 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 of teaching the educated mind, right. About teaching all the quote unquote hard skills, right. Like we teach, you know, the math, the sciences, right. Uh, you know, I, I would teach kids how to dribble basketball for 15 years, but what, but, but do we teach kids how to develop compassion for each other? Right. Do we teach them how to develop a sense of gratitude for where they are and, and, and all the people that have helped them along the way. Right. So I found that as I start to have these conversations, and I, and I, I believe that the body is very intuitive, right? We, we gravitate to what we need to hear. We might at first resist, but I found teenagers, they loved having these conversations. Like in phys ed classes and my health classes, they literally became personal growth and self-development classes.
1: What is up humans? This is Victor Ong with the Human Up podcast and... This week, I speak with sports and success mindset coach, Justin Sui. I had met him online through Facebook groups for a while now and and just loving his content, the inspirational and motivational sort of messages that he displays and um, love the idea of being able to tap into his experience being in Uh, being a teacher for two decades in physical education and, and then coaching for, um, 15 years since then too. And it's, it's amazing to be able to tap into, you know, this type of education and coming from his perspective, um, from, from the physical world. So, Love that he's now going into the more emotional, sort of the mindset, the, the psychology behind what really, you know, makes people successful. And he's now working with students and athletes and helping them answer that question of, first of all, what is their own version of success? And what is it that they really want for, for themselves. How do they actually want to spend their time and and not for anyone else you know that's something that has been on my mind for a while in you know separating out the the many different definitions of success that other people would place onto us our parents our you know our, our close ones our loved ones or even society in general you know, marketing (laughs) advertisers and, you know, they'll they'll do everything to tell you that this is what you got to do to to be successful, to look successful, to feel successful. And what's missing in that is the space for us to really dive into our own version of that. Um, And so super excited to bring on Justin to talk more about that Um, quick update on my end um i really appreciate you for listening to this podcast and um you know there's definitely something that connects us for you to be able to come back and and listen to these episodes every monday um but i would love to meet you um if you've been resonating with my message here and the mission um, I would very much love to hear from you because you know I, I do want to keep making this th- this show more relevant for you so reach out to me on instagram at human.podcast um, or you could email me at victor at victorong.com which you can also find at my website victorong.com and uh and and let me know like, what type of content really resonates with you what insights that you might have took out for yourself how this might have you know helped you see something differently or or take action in a different way i'd I'd love to really hear more about that so i can continue you know really creating content that 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 works for you so um If you also resonate with the messages and and our talks around cannabis and and wellness and the more conscious use of it, um, I am hosting a workshop every other Saturday. And that is complimentary for now while I also build up the experience and start building up my, you know, what what the curriculum will really look like. Um, So definitely join in while it is free at bit.ly slash canna connections so bit.ly slash canna c-a-n-n-a connections definitely join in and have a good smoke sesh but also a productive conversation and really developing the skills for um you know emotional intelligence and self-awareness and intuition um I love to have you there and, and i'd love to be able to have cannabis serve as a tool to help us facilitate that um again you can find that at bit.ly slash canna connections and with that i will get right into this episode with my guest justin suey after a quick message from my sponsor first off thank you for being a listener of the human up podcast I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I honestly have been cultured and and kind of pressured to to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributed distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer so you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast and you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Cool. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. It is really cool to have you here. I appreciate you having me on, Victor. I'm excited. Yes. I, we've been in contact for a while. I don't actually remember how we met, but somehow through the social media <laughs> storm um got connected and uh and we finally were able to find some time to <laughs> to get on this podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, technology's a a wonderful tool, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, I get to meet people from
1: all over the world. So, um excited to talk to you a lot about, you know, your work in uh, coaching in both sports coaching and wellness coaching and uh, sort of your story in, you know, getting there as well as developing the the more emotional wellness, and emotional health that you've been focusing on uh, to balance the physical health that you've been teaching as well. But um, yes, yeah, for, for those then who don't know you, you want to introduce yourself and kind of what got you into this work?
0: Yeah, so um Before this, before I got into this space, I was a high school Zed and uh, student success teacher for 15 years. I also coached a number of different sports, football, hockey, track. So I've done a little bit of everything. Um, And it was about four years ago, actually on Mother's Day of 2016, where I had one of those emotional impact moments. Um, I ended up being admitted to hospital with a suspected. Appendicitis. What a wonderful present to give my beautiful wife, right? Mm Is a nice trip to the ER. Um, And over those four days, it really forced me and prompted me to start asking some tough questions, right? There's when you kind of hit the wall and you're 35 years old, and physically you look like you have it all put together and you are living and achieving all of society's definitions of success in terms of career, home, you know, kids, a beautiful wife, uh, you know, uh, traveling, and you're sort of confronted with, with some tough questions. It really gets you to start thinking about, am I living my best life? And um, that sort of, really inspired me to start reading more and really start to take some steps towards personal growth and self-development just because i essentially had a lot of it stripped away right i had my life which again I'm, i was super grateful for but when your when your definition of who you've been for since you were 4 or 5 years old is a alpha male athlete and physically you can't get out of bed right? Um, Yeah, it it really forced me to start asking some different questions, which has taken me on this beautiful journey of personal growth and self development. Um, Yeah, which is fast forward to where I am today. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I, uh, there there really
1: is a point where uh, you almost kind of have to, to break down in order to really realize, you know, your values in life or the, the it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people that I talk to in my coaching or just in, in my life and the people that I meet, you know, ever since going on this journey too, this type of stuff is really hard to grasp. It's really hard to, like, absorb or to relate to, um, especially if if maybe they haven't hit that sort of breakdown point or, or whatnot. So it's very interesting because I feel like it's a, as a cultural thing, we do so much to almost avoid that. It's like, Oh, I, I never want to feel that breakdown or never get to that low point. And, um, and, and we ended up kind of in a, in a more stagnant place where maybe develop a lot of complacency or apathy in our lives when avoiding those things. I guess, I guess that's a, maybe a question is like, did you, I mean, I'm sure you didn't ask for that appendix <laughs> uh, infection or anything like that, but um, what was, I guess, your mindset or environment or, you know, what was that like growing up, you know, wanting to be that alpha male
0: and realizing that that maybe that's not sustainable? Yeah, no. And that's a, that's a great question, Victor. Um, you know, th- this journey has really been, like you said, uh, an ongoing process of really confronting, right, those proverbial skeletons in the closet and really asking, you know, asking yourself the tough questions. And, and for me, in reflection, I have realized that it was around about six or seven years old where I really enjoyed school. And I was—I've always been a super curious person. I've always liked to ask questions. I'm super fascinated about finding out what makes people tick, what makes them smile, what brings them joy. And I had a family member around this time just say to me, and not maliciously, "Why do you ask so many questions?" And it was probably, you know, again, knowing me, I'm probably just asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. And what I learned around this time was to fit in, you have. To learn to conform, right? And in school, around this time, I, I, I used to really try to spend a lot of time trying to seek approval from my teachers. Around this time, but then this was around the same time I, I started to realize that I had some strength and skills that lent well to sports. And I realized to seek approval. Um, and again, I'm not saying right or wrong. It just I, it seemed that I got more external validation being really good at sports then really fostering my creativity my my ability to ask questions so um yeah it just really got me to start really buying into seeking a pre- people's other approval and it's it's only in retrospect that i've really learned that wow so much of my life which again, I, I I don't wish any different journey because what makes me unique is this journey and I wouldn't be mm-hmm. here if I didn't have all these times. But wow, there have been a ton of instances where I've thought I've really been very focused on what I want, but I've been playing by other people's rules, not necessarily mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's that's huge too. and And I think that again, as we're talking about that, you know, that sort of awakening or realization sometimes only does come from reflection or from looking back and, and making those connections. We don't really necessarily see that in the moment. Um, um, but it sounds like, you know, you were willing to just lean into that and and really start embracing that discomfort there. I guess I, I wanted to actually go back to and, and kind of ground ourselves here just because this, this podcast is about that emotional intelligence. It's about the, you know, developing the, you know, the more intangible skills within us as human beings. Um, what, does, what does emotional intelligence mean to you?
0: To me, if I'm really breaking it down, it's about, it starts with self-awareness right? And really listening and listening to what is coming up for you, right? Listening to what thoughts, what ideas, what emotions are coming up, and really not labeling them as good or bad, positive or negative, but really our results are just neutral, right? But it's then being able to look at the results objectively and say, is this serving me? To, to where I want to go, right? So if the results you're getting are putting you on a path towards you getting what you truly want, what you truly desire in life, then keep going on. If the results are in opposition to that, then you simply need to hit pause, right? Take a deep breath and you have to alter your course by 0.1 of a degree, then alter your course and just embrace that trial and error is a big part of life. So uh, I guess to sum it up, it's, it's about taking that feedback and responding to life as opposed to constantly reacting, right? Where reacting is just right off the cuff. Cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it is a good definition because I think again, without having that awareness, we are very much kind of carried or or led by our emotions and we're very reactionary and, you know, we'll we'll will feel a, a certain like an initial sense of anger and immediately you know, um retaliate or or re or um gosh, my, my words are not coming to me today. But uh okay. but uh yeah so we just become very reactionary and and um it takes that skill that muscle to actually respond more productively to those emotions to, to not let for example your anger you know create harm. Um, especially with those around you, but, um, how has that always been, or ha, has that been easy for you to develop that or, or what's that journey been like to, you know, sort
0: of de- develop that muscle, you know, thinking back to myself as a kid, uh, I was always very emotional. Um, but as I said, I learned pretty quickly through conditioning of, of, what society tells us about what it means to be, right. A, a male, right. If, in terms of sports, what, you know, I, I learned very quickly that um, to push things down, right. To suck it up, right. To suppress things. And, and again, it's, um, so it was almost to answer your question. It was almost that certain emotions were good or bad. And, and we almost sort of teach our, I, I was sort of taught to suppress them. Mm-hmm. And when we suppress things, all that does is it, it creates, um, dis ease in our body, which physically manifests, right. As, as anxiety. Right. And I think when you just constantly push, 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 and push things down, right. It's, it's, it's like, it's like over inflating a, a, a basketball it's thing. So what I used to find, um, as a kid, it would be i would I would get my breaking points, and I would get so frustrated even even at eight or nine years old that I would just I would hit things, and that was the only way I knew how to express because I was taught i can 't share them and uh, that went on into my teenage years and uh you know you add to that a lot of testosterone, a lot of uh working out, a lot of being in a a, a, <laughs> a very um Alpha male culture it got me into some trouble Man. right and always make great decisions, but fast forward again i th- it's through those learning opportunities I've realized in in a sense what I don't want in my life right and uh, kind of what I want what I expect of my kids right and how I want them to be in this world so yeah it's 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 been (laughs) i've I've been on both ends of the spectrum so um it hasn't been an easy process to answer your question but it's been very rewarding and it's been there's been a ton of growth there yeah
1: no and i mean that that i am fascinated about that the fact that you know you you came from that sort of alpha male culture and very like Mm -hmm. physical base especially Mm -hmm. being in sports coaching and and whatnot um it sounds like you had that interest in the, 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 the other end of that with the psychology around it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, like in sort of coming from that more physical space, Mm -hmm. was there, what type of like resistance or obstacles or hesitations came from wanting to talk more about
0: or wanting to embrace more of the, the emotional side of things? Um, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, obviously, you know, growing up, I worked a lot more on the physical side, right? Um, but what I've realized, in um, this—the last few years. So, in my last school I was at for three years, and it was very much a a, a very high academic, high athletic, achieving building. So there was a lot of that go-get'em alpha mentality. And and you know what? I'll be the first to say, there's nothing wrong with being an alpha anything. But mm-hmm. what I what but what I would say is is it, is it, is it serving you? Right. So it's great to, to, you know, have a fire in your belly to be organized. Right. But I really, at the end of the day, is you just have to ask yourself, am I showing up as my best me? So anyways, where I'm going with this is I would have conversations with my students and my athletes. And, and in my last few years, we started talking a lot more and bringing the, uh, the emotional intelligence side into it. Right where I remember one conversation I had in my last year with my grade ten class, it was a very highly motivated group, and it was like I could throw any any sport, and it was go time. But then I started to like just become a more aware. So they would be playing, and then they would they would want to win. Right, they would just want to compete at their highest level. But then they would win. They they would make a great play, and then they would chirp their buddy right beside, and they would say something. And it just, I became more sensitive to it and just, just to hear. And I, and I would ask them a question, Hey, you're a great athlete. What is it like, why do you feel the need to like make a great play and then say something? And then they would say, I don't know. Just, just cause you so mean, it, you it mean really like celebrate like, or what do you mean? Say like, yeah. So they would just go, Oh, you like, they would make a wicked play, and They go, you suck. Oh, gotcha. Got right? Like
1: taunt, taunt the other. Yeah. To, like yeah, taunting yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: them. And then right. they would go, I don't know. And then, but right. so, so being in those, being in that space, being in that, uh, in that sports athletic driven area has allowed me to have conversations because there's a trust factor because I've worked with so many different athletes at, at different levels at highly, you know at, at both at you know city at the provincial at the national level so they're willing to have these conversations and i look at it as the more people that start to have these conversations and and the more ahaz that are going to come the better right Hmm.
1: that's cool yeah no and it's cool that you're like introducing these more deeper conversations into that that field because i mean um I, I didn't, I, I played baseball in high school. This is kind of far as my, my sports experience goes, but I can, I can see if I just remember back to those days, it was, there, there wasn't room for these, these almost deeper conversations, especially around the, the mental resilience and whatnot. You know, I think we saw that or wanted, or like the, the coaches would develop that through more physical resilience and that ultimately impacts your mental resilience but i don't know there's these like frameworks and these models that i think aren't really taught in 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 um in general for a a lot of spaces but how's that like introducing that to especially that age group been a struggle like how do they relate to it or how do they you know fully grasp or understand it
0: yeah uh no that that's a great question um and again, my last school was a great testing ground for it, just because again they were very much they came from a lot of very well-to-do families, um, both professionally, career-wise, and athletically, right? But what I found was there was a willingness to hear these things because no one really talks about these mm-hmm. things, right? And you were mentioning earlier we do a great job of of of, of teaching the educated mind, right? About teaching all the. "Quote unquote hard skills," right? Like we teach, you know, the math, the sciences, right? Uh, you know, I I would teach kids how to dribble basketball for 15 years, but when, but but do we teach kids how to develop compassion for each other, right? Do we teach them how to develop a sense of gratitude for where they are and 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 all the people that have helped them along the way, right? So I found that as they start to have these conversations, and I and I, I believe that the body is very intuitive. Right. We we gravitate to what we need to hear. We might at first resist. And what I typically find is the older we get, we're a little bit more resistant. But I found teenagers, they loved having these conversations. Like my in in my in phys ed classes and my health classes, they literally became personal growth and self-development classes mm-hmm. where we were, you know, we were listening to podcasts and figuring out how to apply this stuff and and we were coming up with um, passion projects, right? Um, I I would also, my principal was really supportive, my last one, and he would allow me to go around to other classes. And we started doing a health and wellness um, project where we we got eight homerooms that would integrate five minutes of wellness at the start of the day. So there would be a little bit of movement. There would be a little bit of gratitude. It might just be a clip from YouTube. So we really, the kids really gravitated to it, but I also recognize that it was because I was so passionate about it. So a little mm-hmm. bit of that energy, right? And and speaking at a level to where they were at, right? And going back to like meet people where they're at, and if they feel like you have their best interest at heart, they will they will fall in love with it, right? And that's yeah. that's what to me that's what education is, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it it, it there, there's a lot of importance with the teacher having showing that passion for sure. And and it's cool that again that you're bringing this into that space, especially for kids, because you know I never got that growing up, right? And and um, that that lack of education or that lack of awareness, I think it 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 served me well to a point of like yeah, getting everything on the outside all put together, like you were saying too. I I did I got the good grades, got the good job, and even got my own house and car and and it's even afforded me to be able to do this and create a podcast and like all this stuff so there's a lot of gratitude for it but you know what was still missing though was this skill or this internal sort of management in in how to manage the the many other stresses or anxieties or fears or you know worries that just comes from the world because the world is so I don't know what a good word is just so I don't want to say broken, but it is just like overwhelming to a point. Right. And, um, and I think, yes. And so without developing that sort of mental and emotional resiliency or those like skills to manage that, uh, it, it can be really debilitating. It can be really, you know, that's why I I fully believe in emotional intelligence. That that, uh, aspect is that like, If we if we aren't able to manage those internal emotions within ourselves, we will end up letting those fears consume us and limit us, and we stay in place. That's why we're stuck. Maybe that's why we hit a quarter life or midlife crisis. Maybe that's why we, you know, aren't able to just bounce back from those emotions, and uh, or maybe that's why we avoid those things too because we don't think we can handle it or don't want to handle it or whatnot. So. Um, so anyway, I I appreciate that, that, that many teachers and schools are starting to bring in this type of social and emotional learning in their curriculum. Um, and, uh, you know, just imagine if we can start developing that skill, then kind of where our future generations could be when we don't just like blindly blow each other up on Twitter or (laughs) like, you know, you know, yell at each other for you know these um surface level things but able to actually practice the the patience to have these deeper conversations to you know be in conflict to to be uncomfortable um and uh and not just be reactionary to it
0: well it's it's interesting that you said that victor cuz you know i just actually finished running a 6 week um program with with a group of educators right um one of the other aspects i do is um I do some facilitating with an organization called Mindfulness Without Borders, right? They're research-driven, they're worldwide. Um, and walking these teachers through this, right, you could just see that how it almost just gave them, it created and held that space for them just to be able to experience it themselves, right? And there are so many educators like, uh, that want to do this work, right, um, because they, they care about kids. Mm-hmm. um the struggle that they have and you know public education has is there is so many competing interests right like we talk about okay we want to raise you know literacy rates numeracy rates and i'm not saying those aren't important but really if we don't treat the whole person right and not just the sort of the intellectual right we're never going to develop that whole person yeah so there are there is a huge demand like these teachers are like thank you so much for doing this and but we have to build capacity within the system, right? Like we have to give teachers and I say this as someone who has two young kids in the system. Um, we have to give permission and time for teachers to explore their own personal growth and self-development to, yeah. in, to integrate these concepts of social emotional learning. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we have to get administrators involved so they can see, right. And then school board officials and then, the ministry of education or who's ever overseeing, like it needs to be a approach and, and parents and kids, like it needs to be a system approach because I think we're seeing right now, right. When we focus too much on, on again, going, teaching the educated mind, the intellectual mind, we leave gaps. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, in my opinion, is not setting up the next generation to be successful in the 21st century. Right. Because right? as we've seen over the last couple of months, the world is changing. Right. So it's our job to adapt, right, and innovate.
1: No, and I, and I love that you brought that up too, because I uh, it was another big reason why I witnessed this work, realizing coming from the technology world, um, realizing the impact that technology is going to have for our future as well, and how much change that creates. Um, more than ever, we're going to need that skill to be adaptable, to be resilient. Um, and so, And especially as, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, uh, all that sort of starts taking over the more menial asks where we're we're left with our thoughts and emotions. And, you know, now we're in self-quarantine. We're like have to sit with ourselves. Like, what do we do? It's 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 going to be such an important skill. So but to your point, too, like, yeah, I think from a systemic level, you have to really have the providers and educators experience that for themselves before they, um, you know, kind of want, want, to bring that into their curriculums too. Um, I guess I, I kind of want to then shift into what, what is your, what is your work now or what, what are you kind of focusing? On? Cause I, I don't know if it actually is in the, the school system that you do want to, you know, continue
0: your, your, or see your role in, but what, what kind of work are you working on now? Yeah, so, so my time as a, as a traditional educator is done. Um, I just felt in my heart like my heart wasn't there anymore. And it's uh, one of those jobs where, most importantly, it, it's not fair to myself and, and, my, you know, and my wife and kids. Um, they, my wife has been very patient with me figuring stuff out. Um, and I, I'm not prepared to put myself through that too. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's not fair to my, the students and my colleagues, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's just, if your heart's not there, I I just feel like it's, I, I shouldn't be there. So to answer your question, yes, I still want to, right? There are, there are, there are things that I'm doing, right? So obviously for me, I feel like I can, I can affect more change outside the system to a degree as an educator, right? I am, there's certain standards, right? Like that I, that I'm, I'm able to do, right? Like it just wouldn't be, um, it would be difficult for me to run paid coaching programs, right? For my students and stuff like that. Not that the a be all end all, but, but I mean, really, if we want to affect change, we know that we have to do the work, you know, on a daily basis, right? Like we have to give people frameworks in the system. So for me right now, I'm focused on, you know, what's uh, a lot of, the people I'm working with are former students and, and athletes of mine, just at a different life stage. Um, I do have some things that I would like to do um, in terms of supporting the education, but more from using my skill sets outside, right? So I'm doing, um, I'm a success coach, right, with the Procter gallagher Institute now. So I, I do help guide people to creating a life of more freedom. So again, that's helping people gain more clarity with what they want to do. Um, helping them sort of identify things in the past that have, that have tripped them up. So for me, I know I can affect, I can focus on that. Um, if it's also the mindfulness without borders work, right. The mindfulness ambassador program and helping teachers, right. Give them the skill sets. I'll do that. So I really view myself as a Swiss army knife, uh, again, teaching is, and coaching, teaching for 15 years, coaching for 20 years has given me a great skill that, um, I feel like I can adapt pretty quickly and, 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 and change who I'm talking to and make things relevant. So um, I want to help the system, just not directly in the system, I guess, long story short.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, that makes sense. Um, Sometimes we, sometimes change does come from from outside the system there. Um, Is there like a certain type of person or type of people then that, you're, that you want to work with, and and is it more individual? Or is it like a group setting?
0: Like, and and kind of what would they come to you for? Yeah, it really depends on on what they're looking for, and that's where I said you have to meet people wherever they're at. Um, so yeah, I, I work one on one. I work with group, right? Um, small and large group settings. Um, it's really for people. Uh, my niche is for people that really want to live a life of freedom, right? Both, both time and financially, right? People that um, just want to live life on their terms for better. Right. And, and that's who I can help. Right. Is because there has to be a desire for creating that freedom before someone's ready. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone's very content in where they are, then that's great. I I'm, 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 I'm happy for you, but it really has to be someone that identifies that, you know, I, I, there's, there's something missing. Don't know exactly what it is. And, and we all, Hey, and as a coach, you know that we all have our blind spots, right? I have my blind spots. You have your blind spots. So you just need someone that, um, let me say this to my clients, right? People I work with. Accountability is simply to prevent you from drifting in life, right? Just hold you to the path and just someone that, Takes that thirty thousand foot view and helps keep you on track towards your goals. Mm-hmm. That's all coaching is, right?
1: <laughs> no, and i i i don't I can't wait to see the day where everybody can have their own coach because there's so much power that comes with having that. Not even just accountability, but just be able to help identify those blind spots and 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 ways to move forward in in the best way possible, right? um we can totally my another good analogy i like to use is like we can totally bench press ourselves right Mm -hmm. we could we could do it on our own but you are limited you're capped on that especially even within your own um sort of beliefs and what you're capable of right you probably wouldn't want to put on too many extra pounds in case you might drop it on yourself so if you had a spotter, though, if you had someone watching or or also being there as a support to catch you, if you happen to reach your limit, you know then that's actually space to 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 um, stretch yourself and I think that's totally applicable from a more mental and emotional standpoint too, where you know we might be capping ourselves in some way, trying to think that we can do everything ourselves, and we end up you know, just kind of doing what's more comfortable for us and we don't stretch ourselves. So do you have an idea or at least maybe like a high level? Because I know, you know, the um, frameworks and whatnot are going to be different for everybody. But at a high level, like how do you then create that sense of freedom financially or with time um, for those who maybe are interested and in, in maybe... Want to get to a certain baseline before working with a coach?
0: Yeah, you know, again, it's one of those things where, you know, I believe a big thing beyond beyond the freedom, right? Because yes, we all have a we all have goals to create time and financial freedom. Uh, the next question that often comes up, which people talk about, right, is is creating impact, right? So, so how do you do that? Now, for people, I'm a firm believer in that you have to have some skin in the game, right? Like people place value in it. And it's interesting that you talk about coaching because we live in a day and age where we have no problem buying a $2,000 iPhone, right? Which again, that's great. I mean, I have mine that that's great. Um, But then we aren't always willing to invest in working with someone to help us get to where we want to go in life. Right, So that's kind of that, that interesting one there. Now, again, with that, it comes with awareness. So for me, it, it's really about ident- identifying what is it that you want? What is it that you truly desire in life? And as I go back, the reason I, the reason I believe most people don't know that is we are taught from such a young age. We are, it's passed down through the genes. It's passed down through our social conditioning, through parents, family, friends, school that we just we just absorb right like we just absorb 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 and our educated mind right can accept or reject but our subconscious mind which again is working 96 to 98% of all thoughts perceptions and behaviors just accepts so so we're sort of like conditioned to just listen to other people tell us what to do sit down go to the bathroom right sit down go to the bathroom now write the test and all do all that so i really believe it it's about getting people to to just giving them, creating and holding that space. What is it that you really want, right? How do you want to spend your time, right? I have this magic wand here. I tap you. How much, you know, how much do you want to earn? And again, money is, is just a tool to measure, right? It's, it's a byproduct of doing the work, but then, okay, what's the purpose of that? How are you held, right? What are you doing with your time? So, so when we start to do things like that, and we can really start to get a better idea and we can sort of create that plan right and really and and a big thing that that I do working with with my clients is i spend a lot of time reminding them and impressing on right their subconscious here's the goal okay this is where we want to go like stay focused on where you want to go and then it's about just impressing these new thoughts these new ideas onto the subconscious mind so it replaces the old ones that keep us stuck right where we are yeah those
1: old th- thoughts though and beliefs yeah. are so hard to break down um mm-hmm. I, I i i totally see myself still succumbing to them like you know i, I to, 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 i guess a basic example is what you brought up in terms of you know yeah buying a uh uh our are, are iphones two thousand dollars now <laughs> that's
0: I I I, I I I was looking oh at, I, yeah yeah <laughs> uh,
1: i last i heard it was a thousand but even so like yeah buying an expensive phone versus you know using that money to invest in yourself or invest in your future th- i think that that's kind of a belief of kind of that instant gratification that short-term you know gain and not seeing big picture in a in a long run but I say that because I, like for me, it's like yeah, I want to see that instant result. I want to see like I want to know what I'm paying for. I I'm buying this piece of technology so I can use it to so I can stay connected with friends or so I can like have this um form of um satisfaction. And when we think about investing in ourselves or our future, it's like we don't really know what we're paying for or investing to that point and so letting go of that uncertainty i think is um something that can hold so many of us back including myself like it, but i think what it does come down to is just trusting yourself and and i think that again is a lot of this work i'm doing with my emotional intelligence work is like having that self awareness and adopting more of these beliefs that say i i am capable of doing this i i can handle these risks that i take i can handle uncertainty as long as i trust myself as long as i stay focused as long as i you know really connect with my own why to help me keep going so you know um but but again like yeah just a just letting go of those old beliefs and and really start building this new muscle with these new sort of, uh, models is that's, that's the work, you know? And I think it's, it's going to be a process that is going to take a while to build up. Like we're not just going to be mentally, emotionally buff immediately, you know, we have to, we have to build it. So.
0: Yeah. No, and and you bring up that great point, right? Like just flipping, you talked about trust, right? So again, if you really start to look at, at for the top, right? How where does where does that trust start, right? So the trust starts as knowledge, right? So once we start finding the right material, emotional intelligence, right? Uh, the work, the the beautiful work that you're doing, right? The work I'm doing, once you find that knowledge, right, then you have to start prioritizing that daily study. And I know study is a bit of a taboo word because we have this connotation about it from school, because you know. It doesn't bring up the best image, but again, you take that knowledge, you gotta, again, daily study. And then through the daily study, there develops a greater understanding of what's going on, right? And once we have that greater understanding, we develop more faith in ourselves, trust, right? Once we have that more faith, we start to feel better. Our energy state improves, right? We start to just feel a little bit, like you said, right? Like emotionally, physically, spiritually buff. And as we do that, then our body gets expressed, right? And then there, It's like you can tell when someone's feeling good, right? Like you can just Mm -hmm. sense that energy. And once again, you're feeling good, your your actions, you take different behaviors, different actions, and then the results show up. So it's really interesting how how you brought that up that that's how you do it. And and the interesting thing is that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to to become buff. Whether we're talking spiritually, physically, right, Um, mentally, wherever, whatever you want to talk about, right,
1: right yeah no i I love the you know this i think this is based on cognitive behavioral therapy too but the sort of the loop around thoughts feelings, and actions and it's it's really um a, a good framework for what we were just talking about in terms of like you know your your thoughts are gonna affect your feelings or emotions and that affects your actions, which then affects your thoughts as well you know and so if if maybe whoever is listening like you kind of find yourself in um, a place where you're not satisfied with your actions or maybe you're not taking enough actions. What are, what are the thoughts and feelings behind them? Right. What's, what might be holding you back from taking those actions? Um, or maybe if you are too caught up in your thoughts or emotions, like what actions can you take or not take to, um, to, 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 to cope with them. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, they all kind of, you know, impact each other. And uh and I think we that's also part of the roller coaster ride of of life is that you know, sometimes we will find ourselves in in, in one aspect or another. And um it's it's
0: just kind of about balancing that out. Do you mind if I share with you? Uh, I was having a conversation do you mind if I share with you a conversation I was yeah. having with my brother? Yeah. So he's an educator too. Uh, or, or so he's a, a high school educator as well. And I talked about it that, like you said, most people, like I call this report card syndrome, right? So I think back to like, what are report cards, right? Report cards are a snapshot of where your mind was like two to three weeks ago for a few minutes, right? And most people, they, they take a look at what, right? Is what they see there on the report card. And then that already puts their thoughts into what's possible those thoughts, like you said, then drive, right, feelings. And typically, if they're not the results that they want on the report card, they feel worse about themselves. And then because they're in a lower energy, lower vibration, their actions are different. Mm-hmm. And then that is creates the results and sort of reinforces that, right? That, that sort of hamster wheel, right? Where you yeah. just kind of keep getting the same results and self-fulfilling prophecy. Where, um, again, working with, students or athletes, the ones that are able to look at each moment as an opportunity to create better results, more abundance, more prosperity, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use, the ones that can focus on the here and now about opportunity, when they, when you start to view the world through that lens, that will drive a different energy, right? You'll start to feel better because you realize that I can create whatever results I want going forward when my feelings, when I feel better about myself, I'm in better energy state, better vibration that will cause better actions. And those actions create better results. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, um, that's the hard work, right? Like, right. and, um, there's that book, um, have, as a man thinketh by James Allen. Hmm, have you heard read of that, that book. book. No, nope. It's a short book it's from early 1903. So he talks about it like that, but like that's the hard work thoughts mm-hmm. become things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, like this is something I kind of, I wish I knew growing up. (laughs) Like I wish that, you know, I kind of was able to be more mindful about the quality of my thoughts because it really does start from there. So I I guess actually what you brought up too about noticing, you know, the, what drives success within your kids. I'm actually curious, like, what, what do you think is the difference between those that are successful or those that can you know, develop this sort of, um, you know, maybe those who are more emotionally, spiritually buff versus those who aren't, what, what do you think that difference is?
0: Yeah. Um, I always, I always like to go back to best practices, right? Like I always like to learn as who is achieving the results I want because I that to me, that's the best coach or mentor, right? Like, and so I always go back to, uh, one of my go-to books I read every morning is thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Right, and and I read it every morning myself. I I have a reading accountability partner, which we get together and we read it every. Right, we will read 15 myths and talk about it. But anyways, why I tell you this is in the book. Right, um, Napoleon Hill talks about what is the what is one of the common denominators? Right, because it studied 500 of the world's most successful people, and he said the winners in life make decisions quickly. Right, they very rarely change their decision at, if at all. Right. So that, again, they're quick decision makers. They don't hum and haw people that, you know, are inconsistent or people that aren't winning in life. Typically never they they're, they're full of indecision. They never make a decision, right? And indecision is a decision and procrastination keeps most dreams and visions for life stillborn. So I, I, I really encourage my kids and, and, and my wife is a bit about letting them make decisions because I want them to feel confident because people that trust people that can make decisions, trust themselves and they have great self-confidence. Yeah.
1: I love that. I think that's a good, like little nugget there too. Right. Um, Something to take away is if, if you can develop that trust in your capability to make these decisions, uh, make make better decisions, it, it really, um, it, it can start driving results that you wouldn't, really see otherwise. So um I think that's also a big part of emotional intelligence. Uh you know, I, I like to go with the the EQ um the EQI 2.0 model, um which has like five areas the self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal decision making, and stress management. So basically if you are able to uh tap into the emotional intelligence within you it it can really start impacting each of those five areas and i'm I'm still learning so much about it but our emotional intelligence is very important for decision making (laughs) so yeah i appreciate that sort of insight i like to end with the podcast with a quick little rapid fire of the five core emotions that maybe uh that you either have like an experience with or just kind of have a belief around or or maybe just an, something that you want to express for yourself um either personally in your life or maybe something at a more high level at a more you know global level so um you know just maybe a quick story or experience with it so it's um anger fear disgust sadness Enjoy. So we'll start with uh, anger. What's,
0: what's your experience with anger, or what's your kind of belief around anger? Most anger in our current day and age does not serve us, right? Um, so I've, I lived a lot of my life being very angry. angry but it was more because I wasn't sure of who I was. Do I mean like that? It was just sort of suppressed because I was trying to fit other people's molds of, of who that is, of who I was. And I find that as I've learned more about myself and as I've grown that I'm a lot more neutral, I'm a lot calmer. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's probably the, one of the biggest, the best, things that i've heard is you know my wife said to me how happy she was that i've been on this path because uh, when i had a bad day before like we would lose like a game and she was like i would tell the kids to just don't irritate daddy and and to me honestly like that that crushed me when i heard that not because but you kind of just realize holy you know like i was i wasn't very fun to be around right so um yeah so that's my anger is is it's i've released a lot of it and it feels so freaking good not being angry all the time yeah that's
1: cool that's cool and and i think it's like um there is a difference between the uncontrollable anger versus because i i also do believe that anger is like a catalyst for change too it's a really good like Thing to be aware of in um in what's in identifying what's wrong but yeah uncontrollable anger that starts hurting people or starts um even harming yourself is something that does have to be under control um why they have anger management you know <laughs> groups or classes and whatnot but yeah. but it's it's about not suppressing that anger though but it's just yeah. about better responding to it
0: yeah, um, fear. yeah uh, fear is definitely something that in this transition away from traditional teaching and coaching has been, <laughs> I've really learned a lot about myself, because I removed one of the things that always, I always, career wise, just always seemed really easy to me. Like I would just go in the classroom and things just, I just knew how to be like super successful there. Right. So it's really interesting. Like you are removing the one thing that actually you felt like you were in flow state in. <laughs> so, what I've learned in the process is hey, we can live in one of two states. We can live in a fear state, which usually is what, how do we get there is through doubt and worry. Right. And, 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 and sort of that ignorance and ignorance, not in a bad way, but just a lack of knowledge of what's, you know, what's to come. I just choose to whenever I fear myself living in that fear state, I just shift to what is the opposite of fear, love, what is what is going to get me to love is gratitude, right? So again, I'll just start to remind myself, I'll go for a walk, right? One of my coaches and mentors talks about it takes 17 seconds to shift that emotion. So I, I just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I notice it, the fear, I'm just gonna go move, I'm gonna go hug my kids, I'm gonna go kiss my wife, and just simple things like that, just really start create that shift to identify it but then i shift it Mm.
1: yeah um how do you how do you develop that sort of um what's the word for that just the i guess motivation to do that or, or patience to do that you know
0: yeah um again it goes back to my goal right like my goal um is to impact a million people so I am unable to impact a million people if I'm living in a fear state. I, I mean, who wants to be led by someone that's in a feared state? Yeah. So I realized that the only way to create an impact with a million people is through love. So it's just a matter of like, I'm I, I'm i so hyper focused on what I want to achieve in life that it's just like, okay, fear's not serving me. Let's go the other way. And yeah. and you know what? It just doesn't feel very good. So I I I I, 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 I yeah. So I just want to. Feel great, so that's right. that's why. <laughs> cool. So just remembering, your yeah, yeah, or noticing, right, or, or being compassionate that when hey, we all fall into it. I fall into it. I, I, you know, I, it will fall into that every day. But it's just a matter of catching yourself and just right and just shifting. Um, sadness. Yeah. Um, so. You'll, you'll probably find this interesting. I have realized that in the last four years that I spent a lot of time suppressing stuff, right. As I mentioned earlier, that I didn't cry for years, right. Mm-hmm. Or I I would, might've may have cried a couple of times, like, you know, just around my wife, because that's who I felt, you know, not judged and trusted by. So Anyways, the reason I tell you that is, you know, we often associate crying with sadness, right? It's just, that's just a culture. But what I've realized is that whenever I'm feeling emotional, I just look at it as that's growth. Like I am releasing some of those old ways of thinking, those old paradigms, those old thoughts, those perceptions, those, those behaviors. And I've realized that it's, it's almost very therapeutic because I'm kind of finally letting air out of the overinflated basketball. So, um, yeah, I, I, I I don't live in sadness a lot because I've almost like, I just have framed it where when, when the emotions come up, when the crying comes up, it's great. Like, it's just getting to the next level. Let's go. That's,
1: that's cool. I mean, I, I, again, um, adopting that mindset is so hard, right. (laughs) To just be like, not to not let our sadness kind of spiral us or or consume us. So Um, but it sounds like, yeah, it, it, what got you to this place is just continually practicing. I, I, well, I guess I'd ask you like what, what Hmm. did develop that sort of ability to be like to, to not view sadness as something that like you need to sort of attach yourself to or, or whatnot.
0: Yeah. So I had a, I did a four day Vedic meditation training in, um, Los Angeles in 20 I don't know, 2018 or 2019, I can't remember. And my meditation teacher said that, that we have so many quote unquote stress triggers from that we've suppressed. So he said um, that a lot of time you'll have these sensations that come up as you meditate more, right? And it's just, they're not good or bad, but they're simply allowing your body to release the old stresses. So I've realized that I... Notice I get those emotional. I feel like those you know i I feel like crying a little bit more whenever I'm taking on in something new, so it's just um it, it's obviously come through awareness, but then it's also just um identifying like, oh my gosh, like I started to feel like I want to cry then, and it was mm-hmm. always around these times where I was taking on new challenges right. so that's yeah
1: that's that's interesting, yeah, so like being reflective around what. Or, or finding what the themes are for feeling those emotions kind of helps you see that from another perspective and yeah. like, Oh, this isn't maybe like a, you know, necessarily bad thing. It's maybe just something that,
0: um, that, uh, that is an area for growth. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like the results are neutral, right? Like I was saying, right. It's just what are those results telling you. So sometimes it's telling me that growth is happening and then the times I really need it. To go downstairs and go find a quiet spot and go breathe for a few minutes, because right. you just need right. to relax. <laughs> um, two more uh, yeah. discussed. Yeah, um, I've I've really been been really focusing on that, like that that whole judgment piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I find myself judging others and and we're all we we all do it right like it's kind of like one of those things where we do what I find I always do is I always go, hmm um you know what is it what is it that I'm seeing that I don't like so I always view judgment and in my from my opinion anytime I've ever felt judgment towards someone it's I'm seeing something in them that I don't like about that I um not don't like about myself, but it's a a trait that I want to improve in myself. Yeah. So what I quickly do is if I ever find myself in that judgment, disgust or whatever, I just simply reframe it and go, yeah, it's not serving you. So just, you know, again, going back to that gratitude, right. That sense of appreciation and just shifting it. Um, yeah, because the disgust for self or others or judgment of self or others doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, like it just, I, I spent the majority of my life kicking the shit out of myself. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I
0: swore.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. All good. Um I what I get curious about too from that is the when how how do we manage ourselves when we do see something disgusting or, or shameful or or judge mm-hmm. or we judge that like because I know yeah, I, I, I do agree that that emotion does come from is is like a reflection of ourselves mm-hmm. but i feel like i feel like there is just so much judgment in the world and that people yeah. always cast and whatnot but what what makes them i guess not able or man i don't even know what to ask around this question here but like I guess how how do we how do we manage that when when we find that we are judging something? How do we manage that within ourselves to be like, "Mm, that I don't I don't like that, and Um, and that and that it's maybe in myself versus versus them.
0: Yeah, and 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 again, that's where it just goes back to right the laws right, and and again that law polarity right up down right inside outside you know hot cold yin yang. So what is the opposite of judgment right? And to me, it would be. You know uh, appreciation, right, and you know you just go back to the opposite right so again we're in a we're in a time right now where um, you could very easily turn on the news and just start to look like, oh my goodness, right the world is filled with this, this, and this, but that is a perception where the polar opposite is with everything that's gone on and again, I know that there have been um you know not some great things but again law of polarity is that for every action that is unkind there's a very kind action right so uh, it, to me it's just about focusing on what we're doing even with all this stuff right now going on i i feel like although we've been right although we've been quarantined right think of how in to some degree how how much family and friends sometimes have, to have how it's sort of prompted us to really examine the way we're living our lives right it's brought it's brought people closer together right so um yeah it's just it's just the opposites right it's it's just choosing which lens of the world you choose to view it on so um yeah which is why i don't spend a lot of time consuming media yeah right that's just me because i know what's out there totally totally (laughs) yeah
1: well so i hear it's just um you know when we when we it's easy to cast that judgment if we just allow that mm-hmm. uh, or allow that to consume us. But um, mm-hmm. there has to be an intention or, or willingness to seek out
0: yeah.
1: um, other information
0: yeah. or other points of gratitude. Good yeah. News. Just go, Yeah, just go the opposite. Right. So again, judgment, what's judgment, right. The opposite to me, if I had to think off the top of my head, appreciation. So as a, as opposed to judging what you see about the people, What if you replace that thought of judgment with a thought of, wow, about something, appreciate something where they really did nice for you. Yeah. And right. Just stop that. So I don't know. Again, it's, it's easier. It's definitely easier said than done, but I find like anything, it's a practice, right? The more you practice it, right. The easier it gets just reps and sets. Cool. Um, And then joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, joy has been, you know, this life transition, like I said to you, I am finding, I've really learned a lot about myself over the last year and a half, because I have focused on what is it that I want out of life. And, and like we talked about, it's just having more freedom, both time and financial to spend it on, you know, in my wellness, um, spending more time with my wife and kids focus more on helping people get to their next level of greatness. Um, so yeah, so for me, that's brought me a lot of joy. It's really allowed me to, you know, find what my passion is, right. What my purpose in life is. And yeah, so it's really joy. I, I feel like I'm kind of living my own joy project right now. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. No, it's cool that, uh, that you,
1: you, found this, this work or, and that you're, you know, really, really leveraging what you did work up to this point and now kind of taking a, another perspective on it. Um, so cool. I mean, thank you for being on this podcast for coming on and talking about all these, all this deeper stuff, uh, <laughs> that, that I, I, it, selfishly haven't really had many opportunities to talk through so this is this is cool to, to riff here with you um what how could people find you and and who would be like the ideal person
0: to, to reach out who would you encourage to reach out to you yeah so again the ideal person that um that should reach out to me is anyone like i said that wants to create more freedom in their life, right? Um, so they can create a bigger impact in this world, right? And and help affect more change, right? That that that's what the freedom is, right? Like again, the time, the money is just a byproduct, right? It j- it's just a tool that then you can leverage into doing to helping more people. And, and once you focus on on serving more people, helping more people, and adding value to other people and giving value, I don't know. The world, the, life just has a different way of unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's who that ideally. Um, who I work with, um, in terms of connecting with me, I am most active on in my Facebook community, uh, just because that's where this journey started. And every uh, week, I do a couple Facebook lives. I, I, I post. I do some written, just because I like to do different creative stuff. Um, I am on. I also oh, that community is Win Each Day. Um, I am also on Instagram, um, not as active, but I do post there. Um, but if you want any of the little bit more than that's definitely Facebook's definitely the place to be. So they can just find me on Instagram at, at win underscore each underscore day. And then there's a link tree on the bio that can sort of connect to some of the different work I'm doing. Perfect. Perfect.
1: Um, I, I guess uh, just on, on top of that too you know, I remember you mentioning something around like, uh, um, really, really knowing like what you don't want. Right. And I think again, like what we were talking about in the earlier part of this episode around almost coming to that awareness of that breakdown or awareness of maybe there is a change. So I guess, how will people know, or what, what, yeah. Like how do the people know that they, do want this or, or could benefit from?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's only real two ways to, and my mentor told me this, there's only two ways to affect change, right? You can have an emotional impact, like boom, like I did, right? You find yourself in hospital and you're there, right? It's usually not pleasant. <laughs> so you can get there or, or two, you just really need to take a look around and you can just take a look at right now at what you're experiencing. Again, it's not good or bad. Life is just constantly giving you feedback. So if you ever just take a look around and you're not really where you want to be in any area of life, whether it's your health, your relationships, your work or career, financially, then you need to decide that you want to make a change. Okay. And, and once you make that decision to change and you actually start taking those action steps, right, things will slowly be un, 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 right. Things will slowly be revealed. Right. And that's where I think most people. Um, what stops people is we want, we want, we identify the goal, but we want the 364 steps we need to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Laid out like a, like a, like furniture from Ikea. But as I often share with anyone, I work with any of my clients, you won't know how you're going to get there. Like the why is the why, like the why doesn't change, right. Unless you decide you want to change it. The only way the house, not really up to you. It will be like, you take one step and then the next how will be, you know, when you'll know how you got there is when you get to your goal and you look back and go, Oh, this is all I did. Hindsight. Right. So, um, yeah. So I would just say if they take a look at their life and go, is this my best life? And if not, then they need to make a decision to reach out and start working with a coach or mentor, someone like you, someone like me, like they it's, they're out there. You just need to, you know, find someone who, who can support you. Success isn't a secret, it's a system. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and finding the one that best resonates with you too. Like yeah. um, it doesn't have to be us necessarily, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's again so much power to having that spotter uh, helping yeah. you bench for us. So thank you again for being here. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get this conversation out there for people. I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there for, uh, for personal growth and emotional
0: intelligence and resiliency and, and whatnot. So yeah, thanks yeah. again. Yeah, no. And Victor, I just want to appreciate you and for all the work that you're doing, creating holding space to have these conversations. Um, you're a leader in this space and, and I acknowledge you for, for, for putting out these important conversations and doing the work you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for saying that.
1: Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode with Justin Sui. I really hope you got a lot out of this. I know I did from even just talking with him. It's lots of good reminders for myself. And and as I was listening to it, I was like, yes, this needs, this information needs to be out there. I wish I had this growing up, but, um, You know, again, I'd still really love to hear from you and how this really applies to you, if it's really relevant to you and your situation. Um, You know, we can talk about all these higher level concepts, but I think the most important part is really connecting that to a tangible, more practical story, right? A, A use case within our lives. And I know I can share a lot from my end, but. I do want to hear from others and, and really see like, you know, how this information does apply to different life circumstances and life situations. So um, reach out to me at Instagram at HumanUpPodcast, or you can email me at Victor at victor And uh, you can join in on one of my free and live workshops at bit.ly slash connect connections. If you are interested in cannabis and being able to use cannabis as a tool to facilitate more emotional awareness and depth. Otherwise, you can just reach out to any of those platforms and I'd love to connect in learning more about you and, and how I can support. So with that, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already subscribed or followed or rated and reviewed, please do so. That really helps be able to share this message out to others as well um otherwise your your monetary support will actually be so helpful as well so you can donate to this podcast to help me keep this going at bit.ly slash human up podcast donation and all of the links will also be in the show notes below so thank you again for listening i appreciate you i am honored to be here for you and um Yeah, thank you for being here. I'll catch you next Monday.